Welcome to We Gotta Talk, a live weekly talk show and podcast where we like to dig deep. From health to relationships to alternative lifestyles and more, the one thing you will always get is a deep dive. I'm Sunny, a 15-year veteran of TV news, freelance writer, blogger, mom of three, and wife. But most of all, I'm just a die-hard oversharer, someone who's genuinely curious about, well, everything around me. And I can't wait for you to join in on these conversations that I promise will impact, inspire, and entertain you. Now, let's talk. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of We Gotta Talk with Sunny. I am so glad you're here today because we are tackling a topic that I think is perfect for the start of the year. The theme this week on the show and the blog has been living with less. So we're talking um, practical tips and takeaways to reduce the clutter in your space, reduce mental clutter, and just overall help us feel a little bit better as we start each day with fewer things to worry about. So today's guest is amazing. She's someone I've personally worked with before. Cassidy Nacello is a certified coach and certified KonMari consultant. We all know I love a Marie Kondo moment. She's based in Montclair, New Jersey. She's been coaching and consulting with the KonMari method for four years, but she has an MBA from Columbia. She was an advertising executive and um, safe to say she has found beauty in the simplicity of living now. And that's kind of what we're trying to pass along to you guys today is just um, the benefits of living with less. And if this is a concept you have considered trying before, whether it's on a small scale or a large scale, I hope you guys will listen um, with an open heart because there are some real uh, life and perspective changing lessons to take away from this living with less concept. So we're going to dive into all of that with Cassidy momentarily. But first, a quick catch up with producer Rachel. <laughs> Hello, Rach. Hi. Long time no see. We got to work on a project together yesterday uh, where I got to produce for you. And I got to tell you, it felt like my body and mind went back into the total <laughs> zone of us working together in news. And like, I I swear to God, I went to try to reach for the IFB button to talk to you in your ear and it wasn't there. And I was like, how do I talk to her? And then we were like using texting and stuff. But um it was fun. It was fun. I, I'm in a, such a different mental space though than when we worked together in news. So I was like way more calm and I was like, don't worry, everything's going to be fine. It's okay. Like you are so good. Talk about simplifying. Like you're, you are on a level now. So Rachel, for anyone who doesn't know, was, was my producer my for the 10 PM newscast we did together um, when I was anchoring at the Fox station here in Orlando. And <laughs> let me just tell you, if you want like that feeling of, of life or death or like, you know, just, or just death pretty much as you like go into work every day, work in television news because there's mm -hmm. always a deadline. There's always something happening that shouldn't be happening. There's technical errors, whatever. So Rachel and I are like used to a little bit of adrenaline. So she, she helped me with this project yesterday, which was ironically a political debate we were doing live. And I was like over there sweating like we did when we worked and Rachel's in the virtual control room, like moving things around. And we're just like, oh my God, this is like partially a bad dream coming back to life. 
A little bit, a little bit it was, but it was fun. It, and it went so smoothly and you were so amazing as you always are. Like, I love just seeing you do your magic and uh, it's, it's incredible. And I was just like, yeah, no, this is easy. Click, click. No worry about like the phone ringing from the news director saying, change the graphic that's spelled wrong. Like, you know, breaking news out of a Washington plane crash. Take it, tell Sunny. Like I just, it was like a layer of stress down. And you know what's funny? So we were at your pieces in, in live TV, right? And we could, this is like a hard talk and people are screaming in your ear and I'd be like, and I'd rip my earpiece out. And Rachel would be like, put it back in, I have to talk to you. It's just, it's a whole high stress thing. Um, but anyhow, I'm glad we made it out of that job. Uh, yes. been relatively sane. It was a beautiful experience. It's a wonderful job, but I feel calmer in this new space. So. Oh yeah. And like, we get to talk about things like, Con, KonMari method and living simply. We get to talk about um, better sex lives and healthier eating and all these kinds of things. This is this is where it's at. Um, really quickly, Rach, before we bring on Cassidy, um, I wanted to get your thoughts. Have you ever tried any of these um, traditional organization methods or have you tried the minimal living? I know it's like a hot topic these days. So where do you stand on any and all of that? Oh, I love living a minimal lifestyle. Like I've always been that way because of our past of working in news and having to track, like move a lot. I, so I never really like, collected things or like hold on to stuff. Cause every two years I would move, I would literally just, I would like throw away everything. Like why am I keeping this thing? I have found something in my closet recently that I had since college, which was quite a while ago. And I said, all right, it's, it's got to go. It's got to go. It's just like, it doesn't hold any sentimental value. It's not all that flattering. I don't wear it very often. It's just taking up space. I love you. Thank you. Gotta go. And then when the KonMari uh, Netflix series, uh, what Marie Kondo, Marie Kondo, um, when her Netflix series came out, I watched that and I followed it for sure. Like I did every single thing, bin, room in my closet and I love it. Like I love organization. I'm a little like OCD about that. I like to have everything organized. Everything needs to live in its home. I can't have clutter and chaos and that like stresses me out and I have to clean everything up before I can do anything. So I am here for this. I am here for Cassidy. I want to learn more things, more tips. She was telling us before we even started, I was like, oh, genius. Yes. Got to do that. So I am, I am here for this. Oh, I'm so excited. I don't know if I'm at your level, Sunny, like you've like really con like every single thing in your life. <laughs> right. Even people, I'm con people. <laughs> We'll get to that, by the way, because this concept of like translates to like um, intangible things too. Yeah, I'm getting there. I mean, I, I have some more work to do, but um, we will get some very practical takeaways today. So, all right, Rach, I love, I love you it. in the back end of the show. Bye, friend. Okay, let's bring on Cassidy. As I said in the beginning of this broadcast, Cassidy is a certified coach and certified KonMari consultant in Montclair, New Jersey. Cassidy, thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, Sunny, I'm so thrilled to be here and nerd out on this with you. Thanks for having me. It's so fun. A little bit of a backstory. So Cassidy and I met through a networking group called Hey Mama, which is like a sort of a digital platform for working women to connect. And I ended up working with you on a quick one-on-one -on -one session. So you do KonMari 
um, consulting, but you also do coaching and you bring the concept of simplifying to both of those practices. So I want to start off today by asking you what the difference is between these traditional organization methods that we've seen shows, for example, on Netflix on and something like um, a KonMari method where you practice all the time. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and I've yet to find an application where the KonMari method does not serve people. Um, so it's really a difference between outside in versus inside out. And so that's really what the KonMari method is about. It's about inside out work, um, really responding to how things make you feel um, and going deep and doing the work. And that makes for a more sustainable, practical approach to choosing what you want to surround yourself with in life. So uh, I, I'm not going to be specific at all about other methods that are out there. I'm going to speak from my personal experience. What was attractive to me about KonMari, which I discussed with my consultant, Tomoka, from A Tidy Transformation, was that I didn't feel like I had to make a trip to the container store beforehand. I didn't feel like I had to buy out all the plastic bins at Target. I felt like I was starting where I was, which was in my space, and only bringing in what I needed. So when you are just starting work with someone, Cassidy, is there a list of physical items that you ever suggest they have on hand or do you meet them where they are in the moment? I always meet them where they're at. I don't want anyone feeling like they need a crutch because that's not gonna last either. And anytime anyone has secretly gone to the container store and just shop their little hearts out, it, acts, it ends up being actually more of a challenge to try to fit the things that they end up keeping into those different vessels. So I always ask clients, just save, the one thing I'll say it's okay to hoard is shoe boxes. Just save as many shoe boxes and collect all the vessels that you already have around the house and let's make a big pile and we'll use that as we need to. So walk us through how a session would go. Say I come to you as a client and I say, I'm ready. We're in post COVID times, so we're without masks. We're together in person, it's glorious, it's wonderful. You're in my home. Where do we start? Because I would imagine a lot of people have multiple spaces that they want to tidy. So how does it all begin? Sure. Well, it begins with no particular item, but first some work around why now? What brought you to calling me? What brought you to this moment? What are your stressors? And we go through that. And then we talk about really what is your vision for your life moving forward? In your ideal day, what are you wearing? Where are you going? Who are you talking to? What spaces in your home do you enjoy? And getting people excited about the possibility of what life will look like on the other side of organizing because it is hard work to do this the right way. But that does mean it is sustainable and something that will really serve you. I think typically the way we declutter, it's just a little area here, a little area there. When a drawer doesn't shut, we just dump it out out of frustration. So it's really important to see this as a holistic experience. Marie Kondo calls it a festival so that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and that you know kind of what your baseline is so that if things get a little crazy, you know exactly where things go and can get it right back into the shape where we left it after we've gone through the different categories. So once we've done that um, vision work, I love to start in your closet because that is the most personal thing to you and usually doesn't require a whole lot of negotiation between other people in the house. And it's something that we deal with every day and it's really the first way you start your day is deciding what to wear. So why not start that out on a most positive note? Yeah, I have found, um, you mentioned the 
envisioning of the end product as a consumer of this method or as a pr practitioner of this method on like the consumer side, I found that to be the best motivation for me. So I, I, I can't encourage people enough, like um, envision what you want your morning routine to look like. Like people ask me, oh, did, did you really like it? And I'm like, yes, it was work, but it helped me get dressed in the morning so much quicker. It helps me when I take my supplements every day, knowing that only the things that I see are the things that I you know, need to take and they're neatly organized on the shelf. Um, but I would imagine that it's, even though it, it seems like a great concept to work towards, some people probably still have emotional blocks. I know I did with certain items. So what do you do when you're going through these items? Say we're in the closet, like you suggested, mm -hmm start and and you're holding on to one of those pieces of clothing that it's like technically I don't wear it but for some reason I just can't get rid of it and that's when we get into what is the reason because usually that pause there's something going on it can be a sense of guilt because you spend too much money on it it could be something that a family member gave you that you just don't like but you feel bad letting it go again guilt um it could be uh reminiscing of the past when maybe you did go out more and wore those black leather pants that maybe you wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole right now so a lot of memories are attached to our things i think what it comes down to is do I like this item? Does it serve me now in my current life, right? So letting, shedding all of that guilt and all the feelings that are attached to the, the things that aren't serving you can be a very cathartic process. It doesn't mean it doesn't get emotional. I've wiped many tears in many closets, but um, it is rewarding when you can live authentically and honestly with what really does serve you. Tell me about those moments, the moments where people got emotional, were they, um memories attached to things or what was what was their um explanation for why that was happening yeah letting go is hard uh, and that was really what inspired me into um getting certified as a coach was to be able to hold that space more properly for clients and just let them talk through their feelings i think we just sometimes need to process why we're attaching feelings to things and what we're letting go of yeah. Okay. So as we continue to sort of virtually walk through this process, you're in the closet, you're making piles. How do you designate what? Is there a keep pile? Um, and what are the others as you're yeah. through the process? Sure. Um, I ask that every single item, if we're going to do it, do it right. Right. So every single item down to the last sad, dusty sock in the back of the closet needs to come out. Mm -hmm. I want you to see your closet as it was when you moved in. So usually you even have to get your dust buster because it's a little scary what can happen back there. But the beauty of having this blank canvas that you get to paint again for the first time is pretty special experience so that when you do have your keep pile and you're starting to put things back in the closet, it's like putting your favorite paint colors on that canvas. And you'll be much more discerning about putting that questionable shirt that you wear once a year, if that, next to your favorites as you're trying to paint your masterpiece. So you have your keep pile, you have your donate pile, you have um, your repairs pile, because there are things we like with a broken zipper that we never get to. So I actually hold people accountable to see that through. Um, some things may turn to rags because they're just stained and would be atrocious to ask anyone to wear it. <laughs> and then the maybe pile has to be quite small because if that's just gonna be a transfer of everything from one side of the room to the next, well, that doesn't serve you. So I understand sometimes we need to try a couple things on, but we don't turn it into a fashion show either. I think just holding it and looking at it typically is enough information to tell us whether or not it makes us happy or not. It doesn't have to say 
to you? Does this spark joy? You can find your own words. Does this energize me? Does this make me feel good about myself? Does this make me feel confident? Find the words that really resonate with you if it's not spark joy. Okay, yeah, let's dig into that a little bit more because that to me was the the um, sort of psychologically exhausting, for lack of a better term, part of the process was putting hands on every item. I just took my socks off, so excuse this, but putting hands on every item and asking that question of, does it spark joy? Do I need it? So walk us through how we land on that question and what we should be feeling if we want to keep the item. Because people people's perception of joy is different or value is different. So I really want people to have something that they can use as their motto or their mantra to really decide whether or not to keep it. You know, our minds are so busy, Sunny, that we forget what it feels like to listen to our gut. So it's you have to be in a quiet space. You have to have little distraction. It's really hard to do this if kids are running around and there's a lot of noise so that you can tune in to that gut check of, do I like this or not? You know, and, and going back to the why, that vision piece of why am I here? Why am I doing this? Right. And do I see this thing in my future self? It, it sounds like a really long, exhaustive conversation, but it really should be just a matter of a couple seconds with a gut check. You know, I understand there are things that maybe you want to upgrade or replace, but you can still have an appreciation like these pants serve me for now. Maybe I want to lose a little weight and I don't love them, but they serve me for now and I'm committed to them and I appreciate them. Absolutely keep. This isn't about letting go or, or discarding things for the sake of minimalism or for the sake of just having fewer things. It's just about getting behind and being deliberate uh, about everything that you're choosing to keep. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I mean, that to me was, I was, I was actually surprised at how tired I was at the end of the day and it wasn't yeah. work, but it was, it was a lot of, um, walking down memory lane. I wore this when I was covering this big story. I wore, I had this when my, my son was born. And, um, what I, what I was shocked about Cassidy, which I'm curious to see if you hear this repeated often was the joy that I got from releasing and imagining that with someone else. Um, I almost had to add that extra step to it because sometimes the memories attached to it made me, made me sad. So I had to say, okay, but imagine how happy the person who gets this will be. It's a great item that's still in good shape. And that to me was that little extra layer of icing on the cake. Absolutely. And when you also consider all the feelings that are negative that are coming up, when you go in your closet, if your clothes could speak, what would they say? You used to be five pounds less, or you used to have this life, or you used to be in the corporate world, or um, how come you can't wear this anymore? Or you're not confident enough to pull that off. Well, all those things, just like it's a really tough way to start your day if that's what your clothes are saying to you. So that's when it's exciting to imagine walking to a closet where everything serves you, it makes you feel good, and really just sets you up for a, a good day. Awesome. Okay. So we've got our clothes sorted. This is the part of the session where we've decided what we're keeping and not, and I just want you, I know we can't um, sort of virtually walk through this whole process, but I want people to understand what it's like. So we've got the closet empty, cleaned out. It looks like the day we moved in, um, which is by the way, why houses sell so well all the time because it's empty. <laughs> it's like, I'm always like, imagine what it yeah. looks like first um, And our piles are there. How do we begin to put things back in, in an organized way? And the extra question is, do you have any tools that you physical tools that you use to help people organize what's left yeah again those shoe boxes can really serve it almost acts like a drawer that you can sit on a shelf if you just if you just look on both maria Kondo's site and on youtube 
file folding, Konari method folding. It allows you to fold things so that they, they fit vertically in a box so that when you take that box out, be it out of the drawer or off the shelf, you can see everything. There's no top or bottom piled up. Um, so everything has equal opportunity to be used. Um, so if for things that are going to be folded, that's how I suggest folding it. And um, again, shoe boxes are great. Sometimes you can upgrade them or, you, you know, but I still have shoe boxes in my drawers. I'm like, nobody sees them and they're working fine. Um, and then as for the hanging things, things that would wrinkle or things that have structure like a blazer. And I tend to go lightweight to heavyweight. And that's where you can have fun with it. If you want to go light to dark, it's really an aesthetic, um, you know, decision but just be playful and have fun. There's no right or wrong. Don't overthink it. Bottom line, I think you'll just be excited to see space between hangers again in a way you didn't, and you won't be rifling and shoving and sifting through things to find the one thing that you want to wear. Yeah, I mean, what I like too is is like, I didn't realize that there was a way to organize what's going back in. So I kind of like, like you said, it never occurred to me to organize by like the uh, density or the, the heft of the fabric which is kind of cool. Do you also have them organized by color when you go back in? Yeah, it's a bit of like an art. Um, I also like to go length so that it goes from short to long because that gives you this empty space underneath the long, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And and just that linear uh, visual is very pleasing to the eye. So it's kind of a combination of light to heavy and short to long. And then there's kind of a color palette thing that happens within there. Um, you know, I put all the tank tops together and all the long sleeves together so that, you know, I'm looking at the weather thinking, okay, I want to wear long sleeves and that's the section that I go to. But again, I, the idea is you're going to have so much awareness of what's in there that I wouldn't get so paralyzed by is this the right way of organizing it. Just have fun with it and live with it and be open to tweaking it. You're also probably going to go back a couple weeks later and pull some more things out that you weren't ready to let go of the first time. Because really throughout the whole process of this, you're building up those emotional muscles to get ready to let go of things. So the maybes end up sticking out like a sore thumb if they're really things that you didn't necessarily want, but you weren't ready to let go of. So just honor that you may need to take your time on a few things. How much do you generally see your clients cut down on if there were a percentage? I know it's it, it might be hard to estimate. So if you can't answer, no worries. But like, yeah. how big is the transformation? At least half of their wardrobe is gone. Oh, my God. I'm buying you a plane ticket right now, Cassidy. I'm <laughs> doing another KonMari with you. What is it about like living simple that just makes me so and everybody's so happy? I mean, I, I know that I've spent a lot of money on these clothes and yet letting them go somehow feels better to me. And I feel like that's weird. You know, we're just letting, go. this is true for everything in life, right? And I can speak to this as my own career shift. It's letting go of the, you know, the shoulds in life, the, the things that our ego are caught up in. Um, and I think we just realized, especially as we get older, that there's more freedom to focus on the more meaningful things in life. So back to that vision work, what do you want to be doing more of in life? And it, people aren't going to say shopping more or like Instagram scrolling anymore. They're going to say, being present with my kids, exercise, things that are more memorable, right, than getting caught up in what's in your closet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's hard. Um, I, I've said this before. I'm curious if your clients have mentioned it too, like the ease of getting dressed in the morning is a big factor because I know what I grab, I like. So that's a huge selling point to me. It's a lifestyle in that you have ritual, right? So getting dressed can be an experience that's not dreadful, that's actually pleasant and it's quiet you time, right? It's like your last moment before you have to face the world. Um, and, and, you know, it's just 
an opportunity to reflect on the kind of life that you want to have. That's what this process is all about. Okay. So um, that was kind of an example through the closet, but you do this um, with other items too, right? You're simplifying not just the clothing closet, but other parts of the home. What are some other spaces you work a lot with, with your clients on? You know, the, the, the Kamari method order is, is clothing, books, papers, a huge one for people. Um, and, and the, probably the biggest uh, rewarding <laughs> category for many. Um, and then there's the miscellaneous, which is, doesn't mean you'd take everything else a, a, out at once that you'd still do subcategories like toys and cleaning products and linens and those kinds of things. But you reserve sentimental items as the last category. So as you come in contact with things that trip you up or trigger some emotions that you're not really prepared to deal with, the best thing you can do is just set those things aside because you want to have momentum. You want to feel like you have some pace and you're moving at a good clip and starting to see spaces open up in your home. And that way, if you just have the big sentimental box that you're tucking things away in, you'll be more prepared to deal with that at a later date. And that could be a month later, that could be two months later. The beauty about those sentimental things is that once you've cleared spaces in your home, you can find a special spot to integrate those things in a way that really pleases you. I love to make a call a trophy shelf in people's closets where you have like, it's almost like your personal diary of awards and things that you might not necessarily display in the living room, but that really make you proud. So that's just one example of how you can integrate that, that kind of a thing. I love it. I, I just had Rachel call up the post that I did. So stop right there, Rachel. This is a photo. If you're listening on the podcast, you got to check out, just search KonMari on my blog, we got talk.com. But this Cassidy was the pile of yeah. Um I, I'm laughing, but it was, it made me sad to see like the amount of things that weren't being used. So that's what we started with. So when you said you bring everything out, we, you really do bring everything out all at once, even though it feels like a giant task. All right. And there we go with the placeholders. Okay. Let's, nice. let's talk about, Rach, keep scrolling down. There were some items in particular, um, Cassidy, that you mentioned people might want to have on hand for reorganization. So can you bring out some of the props that, yeah. Yeah. that might be helpful? For sure. And the, the key words I have my client recite is follow through, follow through. Don't leave the squirrel piles of the belts and the socks you didn't get to on the floor. Give yourself the opportunity to really feel the success of your work. And that means all categories. So when I'm in the bathroom, these are all my little things that live in my iPhone box, right? And where does the box live? In the medicine cabinet, right? It fits perfectly. You know, like I said, I'd love to use what's around the house. There's, I don't think I could buy a box better than this, frankly. Um, I love to recycle like um, so many things come in like plastic bags. So I think this, I don't remember what this was. It was like a pillowcase bag or something. I store my kids games in these, right? So they can see them and put them back vertically again in the drawer. Um, the the Konmari folding, I, you know, I store in this bin. These are my rags. I mean, it sounds crazy. Who folds rags? Is she off her rocker? But I gotta say, like, it's just nice to pick the rag that fits the job. It takes two seconds. I have old baby burp cloths, old t-shirts for my kids. I have. Um, you know, things that have some sentimental value, but they were just kind of nasty. And so now they get to have a second life. So it, it can really infiltrate your whole home. It sounds like a ton of work. I'm not gonna lie, it is. Mm -hmm. But once you've done it, 
you know how to sustain it. Everything has its place and you have a sustainable system that you can follow. Yeah, I love it. I have, my kids wear uniforms to school. So I took, this is crazy. So I did an organization session years back where the woman had had brought in a bunch of plastic bins. So after my KonMari session, years later, I gave away so many things that I had, this is not an exaggeration, probably 18 to 20 bins free. So I started to take what was left and they were all in different sizes, but now the kids' uniforms live in, rolled in a bin. And I think of that phrase that you mentioned every time I go into the laundry room, because it's a door. I'm like, this is where you live. This is where you stay. And it's been helpful to me to have those folded items in those bins because uh, it's just neater. So when you don't, when you have things that aren't in a drawer, it's just that a great way to keep them compact and I don't know, find easily findable. So I've really, really gotten some joy out of that part of the process. It sounds like it's been empowering for you. And, and that is just the immeasurable ripple effect. This is, again, why I shifted into coaching. This is a tool that has just a tremendous ripple effect into people's confidence, into what you're choosing to put in your life, including people, including career changes. I mean, it really uh, gets you into a thoughtful mindset to consider what deserves and who deserves space in your life. Oh, yes. Let's dig into that because, um, like you said, your KonMari work does inform your coaching work. Um, when, when you're working with people, how do you get them on that simplified mindset? How do you encourage them to start down that path? The vision work is, again, where we start in a coaching session. It's, you know, addressing and acknowledging the challenges you're facing now, but then getting you into a positive mindset, envisioning what life could look like. If you allow yourself to imagine the possibilities, what does that look like? And then we address the barriers that are coming up and getting you in the way from going from today to that future ideal self. So give me a list of um, maybe questions we might begin to ask ourselves if, if we want to kind of start down the process of simplifying. Say you have someone who's ready to make a career change, but isn't sure if the move that they're about to make is ready. Um, what are some prompts or some things that you say to some of your clients to help them gain that, that clarity mindset? Sure. Why now is always a place to start because usually there's something that they're bumping up against that's triggering these feelings. Now, I think it's also important for people to really feel their motivation and feel that intrinsically. Um, and then really giving people the space to value what's working for them and what's, what's exciting them about what they're doing or where they wanna be going. So just like in the Kunmari method, we're extracting the things we love about what we have in this situation we're extracting the things we love about what we do we're also extracting the things that that we don't love and that we don't that we want to let go of in our career that aren't serving us that do get us into a negative space maybe evaluating the, the why um now in coaching we don't go in the past in a therapy sense we really just use the data to move forward. So um, that's just an important differentiator, but it is important to see, are these pattern thoughts that are tied to maybe this component of my career, what's going on there? Um, and is that something that I wanna let go of if I were to make a career shift? And what pieces do I wanna retain, for example, like creativity, but I wanna let go of admin work. How big of a part of progress is mindset? Huge. I mean, it, it negative thoughts are incredibly addictive. And so 
digging deep to really believe in your ability to make change is huge. And accountability is huge. That's why people hire coaches is because it's a very hard thing to go out alone to say, okay, I'm just going to um, just conjure up those positive feelings and make that big move. I think we all feel like, you know, myself included, we need uh, a champion in our court continuing to help us recall our past successes so that we can remember that we do have it in us to get to what we want. Can you share any success stories or any transformation stories from some of your clients that you've worked with on the coaching side using that sort of simplicity mindset? You know, I have a client that I, I love. It's a kind of a fun combination of KonMari and coaching. She hired me as her coach to make a career change, to let go of her corporate, um, her old corporate life and to, to shift into an entrepreneurship. And she had a difficult situation at home where she really, you know, a, a daughter homeschooled, um, a challenged marriage and nowhere for privacy. And as we're talking about well, what do you need to do to set yourself up for success to even be able to wrap your head around a career change? And she said, I need space. And so long story short, she cleaned out her walk-in closet and now that's now her office. <laughs> and um, and she's now pursuing um, a degree so that she can be better equipped to be an entrepreneur. Um, and so that's a big win where she realized that she had to make physical space in order to make the mental space as well. And sometimes it takes someone outside, usually takes someone outside of your um, personal experience to see something like that. I know when I worked with you and I, I'm, I hope you don't mind me sharing my experience, but it was, we had an hour together and Cassidy, it, it changed the whole way I viewed my business. And at the time I had been managing multiple blog sites and existing as sort of uh, one, not identity, but putting content out on one channel here and another channel here. And you asked me something like, uh, why are you doing both? And, and what is it that you're scared of to let go of this or, and I was like, you know, I never thought of it that way. And it, that conversation alone is why we got to talk is, is kind of, it is in its current form as the only thing that I'm doing right now, because I had, I had to learn to let go of some of the things that I was focusing my energy on. So I know I was just grateful. Even an hour with you was, was very transformative for my business. So I'm, I'm grateful. And you gave me those questions that I would never have thought to ask myself. Well, I'm so glad. And, you know, the, the one of the questions is really, wh which is you? Who is you? <laughs> when we're looking at the two different and what feels what feels like you? Because this is when I'm seeing when I hear you talk, I'm seeing this this bold, powerful, confident woman. And then I'm seeing this other blog over here that looks different, not bad, just looks different. What do you make of that observation? And then giving you this and without any judgment and add any attachment to my own observation and just letting you react to that to say if that's valid or that's not true. And that just further anchors you into your truth. Yeah, I had my my other blog up and it was very, like you said, not that it was bad or bad looking, but it was very on me. It was overly fluffy. It was overly, like, I don't want to be a lifestyle blogger. I want to be a a journalist and I want to be someone who asks interesting questions and like that question alone. And, and we really dug into how it makes me feel for this brand to exist in the world versus this brand and why it, it was just great. So, I mean, I encourage you guys to please, please follow Cassidy, check out her website. And when we talk simplification, I just bring to light that this can go way beyond just your closet or your utensil drawer or your kid's toy closet. So I just had to put that in there because 
I love how you marry that KonMari concept into your coaching. It's really cool. Um, can we dig in? I realized I forgot to cover this and I want to make sure that we do because this space is kind of different than a closet. For people who are parents and want to organize the toys, you did show us one um, hack with the clear pillowcase bag, which is great. Um, but how do you begin in that space? Because not only are they weirdly shaped, but they're also things that your kids have emotional attachments to. So how do you navigate that? Yeah, so I have a six-year-old and a three-year-old, and every age uh, presents its own challenges when it comes to toys and toy elimination. So I just want to say I appreciate that. Um, but I have to say, kids do crave order. We're in a very challenged time now. We deserve order too, but especially our kids because it's consistency, it's predictability, right? It's a chance for them to feel empowered to get their own things and to find their own things and to put back their own things and to feel like they have some control. So let's just start with the deep emotional impact of having some order amongst toys can have. I just want to pause there. Um, it's huge. Um, that said, what do you do to do that? It's the same approach in pulling it all out. Now, when you include your child in that process varies. Um, I'm say, I would say around six is where I'm seeing I can't do this without Conrad, my six-year-old, involved because he will know. Um, so in for a little like smaller kids, I had kind of what I called like death row. It's not very PC, but it was like the basement dark corner that no child ever ventured into. And that was like, if they're not asking about it for a while, I think it's safe. And the little one, he never played with sort of the baby toys. He just wanted to play with his brother's toys. So I had to actually let go of some toys, acknowledging that that beautiful handcrafted wooden thing is not going to get played with. <laughs> um, so recognizing you too may have some emotional attachments that are that are coming up. But again, simplifying, I mean, Montessori schools are are popular for a reason because of the simplicity and the ability for kids to, to visually, you know, find those things and to use those things. So your home, there's no reason it should, shouldn't be any different. Like with like store, like with like, the games are all together. The puzzles are all together. The things with wheels are all in a bin that are clearly for things with wheels. I try to make things so obvious that no one could possibly put something out of place without knowing that they're doing it, right? <laughs> without some, some little shame that they're just being lazy. Um, and and making things reachable, you know, the little things I think really matter. And and for them to honor their bedroom as a relaxing, quiet space at the end of the night. I was looking around last night, just feeling really proud that like they have cleared floor spaces, they have just their books, a couple quiet toys, and it makes for very zen. Though bedtime isn't always zen in our house, that would be a lie, but zen environment <laughs> minus the kids. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I it's hard for me to let go, especially of like artwork and stuff. I wondered if you could speak to that and um, if there are any hacks or kind of workarounds for what is what we should keep or how much we should keep. Sure. Um, I have a system where I have a, a nice bin that, that sits on a shelf and that's where the pieces where Conrad, you know, where they've worked hard on it, like a drawing, they did a drawing video, um, which is a great time killer in COVID, by the way, drawing videos. Um, and, and so that's where those live. 
And then I just let them sit there for probably the bin is big enough that it'll probably last, you know, six months to a year. Um, you know, Conrad knows that that's the special art bin. So he understands that if it's just a scribble or a doodle, it's not going to make it into the bin because that's there's only room for the special things there. Right. And then you find that after a year, you, you detach a little bit from the things, right? Just like the first squiggle that your kid made seem like something that should be framed in gold. And then you look at it like a couple of years later and you're like, that oh, was just a squiggle, <laughs> you know? Sometimes you just need to give yourself a little space before you, can, before you make the call. Don't feel like you have to decide it that day or that week or that month, whether or not it should stay or should go. I do have um, a box called Art Pies um, in the attic and that's where they will turn your artwork into a printed book. I haven't done it yet, but it's something we can link to. And I know a lot of friends swear by it. You just have to decide what projects you're willing to take on. So sometimes we get ambitious about what we think we can do with the artwork and how we can make it into this whole thing. And frankly, I'm, that's not going to work for me. Just like with my photos, I'm not making an album. I just have things chronologically ordered. Um, of the photos that I've printed and I just make sure they're pictures of people, not just like a monument or whatever. Um, so again, the curation sometimes just takes a little time and an emotional space from when that piece was created. Yeah, I mean, this, I'm obviously not an expert. Something I found though that's helpful for um, you know sentimental pieces in our house is I try to say things with like handprints or identifying sort of signals of their age or their something. Mm -hmm. Know, but not every handprint, but I, I've kind of used that. That's been a little bit helpful too. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, so I mean, that's just something that I kind of, how I decide what's worth keeping. You know what I did too? I was kind of proud of myself for coming up with this. Although I don't know that I'm certainly, I'm not the first person to come up with this. I started email accounts for my kids. And so when they say mm -hmm. something cute, I just, and, and then I'll give them their password when they're 18. They can go in and see their artwork and they can go in and read the funny things they said at bedtime. And it makes me feel a little bit better about throwing it away. Like if it's something that I'm like, eh, should I? I'm like, snap a picture and I'm like, look at what you made in kindergarten. So at least they have that. I mean, hopefully I don't forget the password, but. Thanks for reminding me of my own account that I have for my kids. I think I spent a lot of nights, I'm a little afraid of what I wrote, like nursing them and I'm like, I'm still here breastfeeding you. <laughs> Oh, guilt inducing ones. Well, it's a good, memory, a good reminder. I need to get back in there and send them just some short, quick, cute notes and pictures. Yeah, I mean, that's just, and it's free and it's easy. So, um, anyway, I love that idea too. All right. So, before we go, we got this question that I, I want to ask because it's kind of um, helping someone who is dear to this person. She's asking for tips for helping her boyfriend dispose of items when he has an emotional attachment to them. So this could go for anyone who is helping to advise another person. Uh, this is probably the most common question I get. First, I would ask her, have you taken care of your own stuff? Um, because sometimes people around us can irritate us if we have to address our own issues, be it by way of stuff or other things going on. Um, I say that with love and support, but just have you taken care of your own things, right? Because it is also important to lead by example and uh, let the people around you just see the positivity that comes out of this process. See and feel it and see your joy and feel your joy. And and with with time, it can take on a, you know, infectious quality. Um, as for, you know, the vision and work that we talked about, maybe try to put their 
brain in that future self? What do you want things to feel like? If it's not a problem for them, it's going to be really hard to push them into that space when they actually feel like it's not an issue. Now, if you're sharing a space, then maybe there's talk about not necessarily forcing them to let go because that is really hard and, and kind of uh, against my advice. Where can those things be contained so that it's not disruptive to the common space? Um, and, you know, sometimes when I come across, let's say, a partner's um, belongings that are in this common space where we're organizing, we just create a little pile and we ask that that person just evaluate it. But if they say what they want to keep it all, we just have to honor and respect that. I haven't met a time where after we're through the process, that person comes back and they start eliminating things because they realize that they are the last thing that needs to be dealt with. Their things are the last things that need to be dealt with to make the space really feel good. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it can be, I guess, a little bit of a team sport. If you have a, someone in your life, you want to encourage to get going. Um, I think that's good advice. So um, I'm so grateful for you spending time with us, Cassidy. Is there anything we missed or is there anything you sort of last words you want to leave with us about why um, this, the living with less KonMari method, anything that relates to that might be something to try? Ask yourself, what do you want to make room for in your life? And what do you need to let go in order to do that? And just keep those principles in mind in all of your decisions so that you can live deliberately and authentically. All right. That is great advice, Cassidy. Thank you. Tell us where we can find you. Any big projects you're working on? And how can we connect with you if we want to work with you either in the KonMari or the coaching space? Thank you. My website, Cassidy Nacello, is the best way to learn about me. Um, I love coaching highly motivated people who just feel stuck and need a nudge and need support. Um, my projects are ongoing. I just love seeing the change in my clients and helping them find their own joy. So thank you so much. I'm certain to be back in touch with you as well, Cassidy. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. All right, guys. Um, gosh, that was full of incredible advice. I know I took some additional great nuggets of information away from that. I hope you did too. The beginning of the year usually is the time where we take a moment and reflect on what it is that we want to change or adjust or add into our lives. And this is no exaggeration. This method that Cassidy does, this KonMari method, really has been life-changing for me. I joked on Instagram the other day that... Um, like it's been a cyclone of activity, but the end result of all of the work that I've done um, with my KonMari consultant has been nothing short of transformational. Um, and, and you do end up taking that lesson of simple is better into other aspects of your life. I found that it's helped me to focus my attention and energy only where I really want to and where I feel that I'll see the best and biggest results. So I highly encourage you to check it out. If you want to read more about my experience, please go to our website, wegotatalk.com, and then click on the blog. You'll see all of the things that I've written about the KonMari method. Just search KonMari or Marie Kondo. And here's my uh, end result from my session with Tomoka from A Tidy Transformation. Uh, there are a few things accessories that I ended up getting, literally three things that have been helpful. The sock organizer is linked. Um, there are shoe dividers that are linked, but very, very few things. So go ahead and search that. Feel free to reach out on Instagram if you have any questions. And we will go ahead and break down this interview with Cassidy as well for the blog. So always check out wegotatalk.com. It's like the mothership. 
for all the goodness lives. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Please take a few minutes and leave a five-star rating and review, especially on Apple Podcasts. That makes a huge difference in getting this show out to people who might like it or find it useful. Follow along on Instagram too, at Sunny Abada. Thank you guys so much for watching and we'll see you next week with more good stuff. Bye.